What's going on, everybody, and welcome in to another edition of B-Shave Daily. Brennan Schaefer here with you in the early morning hours of Sunday, October 30th, 2022. Rocking and rolling with a little NFL picks for week eight after the unmitigated disaster that was our NFL picks in week seven. We went six and seven against the point spread, even worse on totals five and eight. So we've got to pick it up this week. It's been kind of lean the last few weeks, narrowly finishing under 500 for a few weeks in a row. And this was, there really wasn't anything narrow about this. Three games under 500 overall is not uh, where we want to be. So we're going to try and improve upon that this week. But appreciate you guys for joining me as I break down the entire NFL slate each week on B-Shave Daily. We'll have some more Cardinals episodes coming up soon. If you missed the first episode I did after the John Mozeliak press conference for Cardinals baseball fans, I believe that was Wednesday of this week. A lot of good insight in there about the Jeff Albert situation, Mike Maddox, Adam Wainwright, and we discussed at the very end of that episode Nolan Arenado, and I said, let's not panic, folks. They're going to figure this thing out, and that is the one bit of news that has come down since we last talked to Cardinals baseball that Nolan Arenado has opted in or rather hasn't opted out and and will not be doing so. He's a Cardinal for the long haul. So that's good stuff. We'll get into more of that as we get an opportunity to do so. But today's all about the NFL in week eight. So I want to try to jump right in and get this done so I can go to bed. And I don't know how insightful this will be for the early game. There's a London game this week with the Broncos taking on the Jaguars. That's like 8.30 Central Time, I think it starts, and it's already kind of late now. But again, uh, despite the hectic schedule that I've had recently, I wanted to make sure to get on here, do the picks, and uh, continue to be accountable for that. So thank you guys for joining me. Real quick reminder, subscribe to Be Shaved Daily. If you haven't done so by now on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, we'd love to have you on board. We do a lot of Cardinals baseball talk, NFL talk. Uh, I'm hoping to get some college basketball stuff going on. And maybe this will be the week that I talk a little Mizzou on B-Shape Daily, too. You can get plenty of Mizzou stuff from me on the big show on KTGR. Weekdays from 4 to 6, KTGR and KTGR.com if you don't live in the mid-Missouri area. Talk a lot of Mizzou on that show. Talk Cardinals as well. But Mizzou's finally getting to the point where I don't mind talking about them beyond my radio show because uh, they're winning some games. They beat South Carolina on Saturday, so that was fun. But subscribe to the show, and you'll get all kinds of sports content. And, hey, maybe down the road, some not sports content. You never know. Be Shafe Daily, though. That's where my podcasts are located. And if you'd like to support that podcast, patreon.com slash bshafer12 is the way to do it. New month starting up. Great time to get on board at Be Shafe Daily, the Patreon version. So appreciate you guys if you check that out. But let's go ahead and jump right into the topics, which is the NFL picks for week eight. I want to run through these maybe even a little quicker than usual. I always say that, and then it ends up going long. We'll have to wait and see. But no time like the present. Let's get started with the London game, the Broncos and the Jaguars. I don't know who's technically the home team in that game. It doesn't really matter. Neither of them are playing in their home venue as it is in London overseas. Russell Wilson will be playing in this game for the Broncos, and I actually kind of think that after Russell sat out a week, that might have helped him in terms of, All the different random lingering injuries that he's had, maybe that's the reason he's been playing like dog crap because Russell Wilson has not looked good, really dating back to last season when he had the surgery on his hand when he was still with the Seattle Seahawks. He came back too quickly from that and wasn't really the same down the stretch. I feel like 
it's just not been a situation that's worked out really well for him going to Denver. Everybody thought high-powered offense. It's been the exact opposite. All that being said, I have not been too impressed with the Jaguars to this point in the season. I am all about my guy Travis Etienne. They traded away James Robinson, so it's Etienne to the moon is the idea. But I just don't think this is going to be a very high-scoring game in London. The over-under at 40.5, I'm actually going under that number. I think the Broncos, with Russell Wilson, with a good kicking game, and probably the better defense in this matchup, are able to get the job done on the road. So I'm actually taking the Broncos outright. And I stay on the road. Both teams, again, are on the road. It is the London game. I'm taking the Broncos in this game 20-17. to 17. They're getting two and a half points, so the plus two and a half is just a bonus for me, but I do think Denver can win this outright, and 20-17 to 17 would be under the 40-and-a-half total points. Moving on then to the noon games, of which there are quite a few this week. We have the Chicago Bears and the Dallas Cowboys. I believe that game is being played in Dallas. Let me pull up just to make sure here. The Cowboys are favored in this one by 10 points. And once again, I mentioned it last week, going with DraftKings and FanDuel, and I'm going to use whichever number is more favorable to the wager that I'm placing here because that is the way you would really do it if you were betting all these games. The Bears getting 10 points, according to DraftKings Sportsbook on the road, and that's coming off a 33-14 to win, I believe, was the score of their win over the Patriots on Monday night. Uh, they did trade away Robert Quinn this week. But the Bears, I mean, they're playing well in Justin Fields. That's the most important part of this for me is that Justin Fields look good against a solid Patriots defense. If they can get him going, use himself as a weapon with his leg, but then be able to make some of the throws necessary to keep the chains moving, I think the Bears can be like, when I say dangerous, I don't want you to get the wrong idea, but they could be a decent team in an NFC slate that is pretty weak at this point. Like, you look at the NFC, Eagles, Giants, 6-0, 6-1, which is it's just bonkers to me that Giants are 6-1 and that the NFC East is like the best division in football. Eagles, Giants, Cowboys above 500. Seahawks above 500 in the West. The Vikings in the North. And in the South, nobody is. So that's just five teams in the NFC right now above 500. The Rams are at 500 at 3-3. Three and three. That's only six teams of the, what, 16 that are at or above 500. So the Bears being at 3-4, and four, one game below, still room for them to make a little bit of a charge. That being said, I don't think they win this game outright against the Cowboys, but 10 points, that's too many. Uh, over under 42.5. I like the over in this game because I feel like Justin Fields is going to continue to play some good offense. The Cowboys uh, don't have Ezekiel Elliott, so that helps them because Tony Pollard is the best running back on that team. Uh, joking aside, I think Dak, another week after his injury, he should be a little bit more effective. Cowboys certainly need him to be. I think that could be a team that still makes a run potentially in the playoffs this year if they can get all their pieces uh, in the right spot. Micah Parsons maybe not playing in this game, though. I don't know if that's 100% verified. I believe he is questionable. That would be a loss for that Cowboys defense for sure. So I think the Bears have a little bit of success. I think the Cowboys win this game, but 10 points, that's too many. I'm going Cowboys 27, Bears 23. The total at 42.5, again, I feel like that's just a little bit low. Cowboys, they'll give up some points, I feel like. They'll have some explosive plays, especially if Parsons is on the field, but... Uh, I, I still feel like this one ends up being a little bit more higher scoring uh, with the way that the Bears offense has begun to figure things out. And the Cowboys just have a lot of talent on that side of the ball as well. Moving on to another heavy favorite, the Eagles. Minus 10.5 hosting the Steelers this weekend. I think Philadelphia rolls in this game. And the total is at 43. I just am so upset about Kenny Pickett and what he did to me last Sunday night. 
Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I've been posting the last few weeks my one fantasy league where I'm, I've am i got a losing record. I play in 11 leagues. I think I've got a losing record in one league. And it's this league where I have the second most points scored of the 12 teams that are in it, but I'm in dead last place with a 1-6 and six record. And the latest loss was because Kenny Pickett threw that interception on the final play of the game against the Dolphins last Sunday night. And you're probably wondering, Brennan, why in the hell did you have Kenny Pickett as your starting quarterback in fantasy uh, by weeks? And I drafted Russell Wilson and regrets were had. So anyway, I had, I have Kirk Cousins now, but he was on by. So I had to pick somebody and uh, I regretfully went with Kenny Pickett. Now, because of it, maybe that makes me uh, a hater of his because of uh, what he did to me personally. But I'll try to be objective. And I feel like even if I'm a hater, to say that the Steelers are only going to score like 13 points, I feel like that's realistic given how good the Eagles' defense is and can be. So when I say Eagles 27, Steelers 13, don't hear my disdain for Kenny Pickett right now. Hear the Eagles playing at home, having one of the best defenses in the NFL, one of the best offenses in the NFL. I believe they're the only team that scored 20 points in each of their games so far this season. So that's just a game that I think the Eagles are going to roll in. 27-13, that's under the 43 I think the Steelers' offense is the reason, like Steelers' offense and Eagles' defense is the reason that it keeps the Pittsburgh total pretty low, which makes it tougher to get to that 43 total points. Like if the Eagles get to 30 points, yeah, it probably gets there. But I feel like the Steelers are uh, going to show a little bit of uh, gumption on defense as well. So I'll give the Eagles 27. That that keeps it under the 43 and uh, maybe a little bit unusual for the way the Eagles have been rolling offensively. But I think that's where I am comfortable with uh, sort of placing this bet in this game. Moving on to the Cardinals heading to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. Cardinals are plus three and a half. According to DraftKings, I believe this is where I got this one. FanDuel's plus three and a half as well. So I'm looking at Arizona in this game on the road. Maybe it's a mirage what they did last week defensively with the two defensive touchdowns and they picked off Andy Dalton a million times. But I'm kind of feeling this Cardinals team maybe making a little bit of a charge in the middle of the season. I don't know. I... I do like this Vikings team. I think Justin Jefferson, elite, top three wide receiver in the NFL. Kirk Cousins can get in the football. Kevin O'Connell, good coach. I think he's one of the better first-year head coaches that was hired in this coaching cycle. Uh, the total is at 48.5, so I think Vegas expects both offenses to be able to move the football. But I feel like this is an important game for the Cardinals maybe defensively to stand up. I don't feel too great about this one, but I'm going to take the Cardinals outright 27-20 in this game on the road. One of the more surprising outcomes of the week in the NFL, I think is the way this one gets looked at in retrospect. Vikings should score more than 20 points at home. Absolutely. Uh, but I, I think it could be a little bit of a weird game. So that puts it under 48 and a half Cardinals covering the three and a half. Um, I'm not going to talk about this game anymore because the more I talk about it, the more I'm like, I don't know if I like my pick. But I, I'm I, Cardinals are getting three and a half points. So even if they don't win this game outright, I feel like keeping it within a field goal, that's kind of the Kyler Murray special to be able to go and uh, get some garbage time and, and go in there with the backdoor cover. So at the very minimum, that's kind of what I'm hoping happens here. Cardinals can cover the spread. I, I'm thinking under 48 and a half. And that one, I mean, if there was one over under that I feel like a little sketchy on, it's probably this one where I look at and go, man, how did I not see this one coming that it's like a 38-37 final score and, and goes way over the total? But that's where I am uh, for now on that game. 
Moving on then to the Dolphins and Lions. I believe this is the highest total of the week in the NFL. Dolphins minus three and a half, taking on Detroit. It's in Detroit. 52 points is the total on this game. And the Lions have been a big boost for totals and high-scoring games at times this year. But last week and in more recent weeks, they haven't been able to score enough to make that trend continue. 24 to 6, I think they lost last week to the Cowboys. So that's a spot where, like, if Jared Goff can't get things going, you're not going to see this game be able to get to the heights that a 52 point total would suggest. Six points last week, zero points the week before, which I should say the game before because they had the bye week in between. But you go zero points against the Patriots and then you get a bye week, you get some players back healthy, and then you still can't score against Dallas. I don't have a lot of faith in the Lions this week as far as their offense, which is why I'm under the 52. I think it's going to be an explosive game for the Dolphins, Tua Tonga-Vailoa, Tyreek Hill, hopefully Jalen Waddell for my fantasy purposes. I'm going Dolphins 30, Lions 20 in this game. I think it's a pretty easy win for Miami, maybe one of the bigger margins of the week in terms of margin of victory. I'm liking the Dolphins minus three and a half pretty heavily in this one. Moving on to the Raiders, going on the road to take on the New Orleans Saints. Always a tough place to play in New Orleans, but the Raiders are still favored in this game, minus two, and I feel like this is correct. Again, I'm not so sure about the Andy Dalton thing. I recognize the Raiders have had a pretty exploitable defense, and Andy Dalton, starter for the New Orleans Saints at this point, gets to play this game at home. The weapons aren't all healthy really still. I think you got Kamara, you got Chris Olave, but still no Michael Thomas. I don't think you have Jarvis Landry in this game. He's not a great weapon at this point anyway. So I'm a little skeptical about the offense, being able to keep up with the Raiders offense that should have Devontae Adams. He's been out with an illness this week from practice, but he's supposed to be good to go. I think that offense with Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro getting healthy, maybe Darren Waller this week. I just think the Raiders... Like, for their start that they had, what they start, like, one and four, they're just better than that. They're better than their record uh, has indicated to this point, and I think eventually you're going to see the Raiders get on a little bit of a run to where the record starts to bear that out. They're two and four right now. I think they end up close to 500 by the end of the year, and this is a game that I think they win on the road. The total's at 49 and a half. I think that's right because I think the Raiders are going to have a good game offensively. The Saints have uh, given up some points this year. They're going to score as well. Give me Raiders 31, Saints 27, which goes over the 49 and a half, and it is enough to clear the Raiders minus two. I think it's a good performance uh, from Derek Carr in this game on the road, I, and I hope that you see some mistakes from Andy Dalton to where they re- replace him with Jameis again. I don't, I'm not anti Andy Dalton, but I just don't really know how you continue to justify that decision after seeing the way Dalton played last week in that Thursday night game against the Cardinals. So that's where I'm at on this game. Raiders 31, Saints. 27 over the 49 and a half points. Panthers, Falcons. Talk about an ugly one. It's in Atlanta. Both these teams stink, but the Falcons have been pretty good against the spread this year. Finally took their first loss last week against the Bengals in terms of covering the spread, but they're still 6-1 and one for sports betters this year, and they're favored by four in this one against the Panthers. But the Panthers played pretty well last week. Again, it was that Tom Brady game where they beat the Bucs like 21-3. to Tom Brady looked bad. Tom Brady still looks bad. That was the one Thursday game this week that we didn't get a chance to pick. I would have gotten it right. I was on the Ravens for that one. Ravens were one-and-a-half-point one underdogs, and they ended up winning the game 
with relative ease over Tom Brady's side. I just don't really know what to make of the Panthers after that game because I think it's more Brady bad than Panthers good. But that being said, the Falcons aren't anything special either. So you're giving me four points with the Panthers and two teams that I think are pretty similar. I'm going to take those points in this situation, uh, despite how good the Falcons have been against the spread so far this year. I think it's just like a one-score game, probably a field goal game, last-second possession sort of deal. I don't know who the quarterback for the Panthers is. It really doesn't matter. I think it's P.J. still. They're going to stick with him. Uh, They've got a good defense. So, like, if, if they're able to limit Mariota, who basically limits himself by refusing to throw the football, I feel like the Panthers can keep this close. I'll give the Falcons the win. We'll go 24-23, which is over the 41 points. Like, defensive scores, there's enough weirdness between these two teams that I feel like this gets over the total, even if it's not a great performance by both offenses. Uh, so we'll go we'll go Falcons 24, Panthers 23, over the 41, but the Panthers cover on the plus four. Moving on now to an interesting AFC South game. The Titans have sort of stabilized and have risen back to the top of this division standings at 4-2 and two right now. The Colts are 3-3-1, three, three and one, and we'll get to the Colts coming up, but they've sat Matt Ryan for Sam Ellinger. They're sort of... I don't really know. It seems like they're in future mode at this point, even though they're not very far out of the division race. But the Titans have won four in a row. I think there is no race to be discussed anymore. That's a team that's going to be able to uh, run away with this division. The weirdness right now is that Malik Willis will be starting this game instead of Ryan Tannehill because Tannehill had an injury and then an illness, I believe, as well. On top of that, uh, was dealing with the ankle and then had the illness. So it's going to be Malik Willis in this game, which has sent the point spread into a frenzy. It's Still Titans minus one at DraftKings, but FanDuel has Titans plus one. The home team Texans are actually the favorite in this game. I'm not buying that at all. I think Malik Willis can play. Uh, It might be a little ugly, but I think the Titans can win the same way that they usually do with Derrick Henry and their defense. So I'm going Titans 24, Texans 20. It's over the 39 points, really low total with the the two quarterbacks in this game being Malik Willis and and Davis Mills. But I think that you you can get over that. Total for sure if Derrick Henry is in this game against the Texans defense that should allow him to uh, have some success. So I'm taking the Titans plus one because you're giving me a point with a team that's definitely better. Um, I don't think Ryan Tannehill is that great of a quarterback anyway. He's safer than Malik Willis because we just don't know what's going to happen with him. But I don't have any problem taking the Titans in this matchup. They're definitely the better team. Even though they're on the road, I feel pretty good about this one. So we'll go Titans plus one and over 39 with a Titans 24, Texans 20 final score on that one. And I think I accidentally got out of order here a little bit, so we're going to jump back in rock and roll with the Jets-Patriots on this one. The Jets are hosting the Patriots. I think you get Mac Jones for this game, at least to begin. Bailey Zappi will be ready, I'm sure, to come in if things go awry. But this game is at New York. Jets are hosting. And the Jets are three-point underdogs, despite having played better this season and the Patriots coming off of just a brutal defeat against the Bears on Monday Night Football. All that being said, I think it's maybe the Brees Hall factor is why the Jets are uh, underdogs in this game. Jets plus three, total at 40 and a half. I actually like the Jets pretty pretty good in this one. I think they win the game outright. I'm, I'm going Jets 23, Patriots 20. I don't trust the Patriots offense still, especially now. It's even more confusing to figure out what they're going to do with the quarterback situation. Uh, I do like Ramondre Stevenson uh, for that offense, but I think the Jets play good run defense. I think it's just going to be one of those games that they can ugly up a little bit. 
Michael Carter's a good running back for the Jets. I still think they can do what they do offensively. Zach Wilson's going to have to make some more plays. But don't you think at some point offensively they can get it going through the air as well? Like Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore should be active for this game after they've had some injuries to Corey Davis and stuff. I think Elijah Moore should be the guy they're going to anyway. He's a more explosive player than Corey Davis at this point in their respective careers. So, I don't know. I think the Jets are able to get this done. I don't really agree with the line, but, uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see uh, if, if Vegas is putting one over on everybody or not. But I'm going Jets 23, Pats 20. It's over. I don't feel crazy good about the over, but I think you could see a defensive touchdown or something weird. 40 and a half points for the total. I, I feel like this is one that could definitely sneak over that line without really being so obvious about it. So I'm going to take over in this one as well to go along with Jets plus three. And in fact, I'm glad I double checked it because actually at Fandle, it is 39 and a half. That is a whole point difference. So I want to make sure I'm getting the better line. So I'll go over the 39 and a half. Feel even better about that number than uh, than the DraftKings line. And now that I'm running through all the totals, uh, there's one other course correction. 38 and a half is the total at Fanduel for the Titans Texans game. I had 39. I'll I'll take over 38 and a half. That is a really small number. I think, like I get it, the quarterback concerns, but I think that one can still go over as well. So a couple of these low totals I'm going over, and I'll make sure to vet the uh, the numbers as I'm getting them a little bit better as we go on through the remainder of the podcast. Let's roll on here with Giants and Seahawks. Seattle hosting this game. I feel like I really like the way the Seahawks are playing. They're 4-3, and three, first place in their division. The Giants, though, have just had that knack to be able to win these close games, and they are a three-and-a-half-point underdog, whereas I feel like the Giants have the better defense, the, the Seahawks have the better offense, and they're playing at home. I get that part of it, but I don't know. I just don't think that this is one that Seattle necessarily is able to... Like, if they do their thing offensively, I think Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, those guys can just kind of keep up. Wandale Robinson's uh, turning into kind of a revelation for that offense as well. I have the Giants winning this outright, 24-21. I don't feel super great about that call, but I do feel it's enough to say, like, all right, three-and-a-half-point underdogs for New York... If they lose this game by a field goal, 27-24, that still is going to count here. So it's also going to count for the over, which is at 44.5 at DraftKings for the total. At FanDuel, it's the same. I'm sneaking right over with that 45 total points with 21-24 as the prediction there. Or I should say 24-21. It's getting late. But I could see the game going a little bit higher than that and the Giants still being able to keep pace. I like uh, what they've been able to do, just kind of keep it in that mid-20s range, and they beat the Ravens that way. I think it's a, a similar situation here with the Seahawks, and if they don't win it outright, at least covering the three-and-a-half is one that I feel pretty decent about for uh, Daniel Jones, who's uh, quarterbacking one of the, the better teams in the NFL at this point. I mean, they're 6-1. and one. I don't know how it's happened, but it's hard to argue with the results, and uh, maybe they get another one here. And again, for a 6-1 and one team to be three-and-a-half-point underdogs to the Seahawks, which is a team that coming into the year, similarly, was not viewed to be very impressive. Uh, they've played well. That's just weird. That just shows you where the NFL is at in 2022. But uh, I'm looking forward to that game. I think it's going to be interesting because it's two teams that people kind of wrote off before the beginning of the year, and now they're both playing pretty well and potentially both going to be playoff teams. So we'll see what happens in that one. Here's one where I don't know if we could say both these teams are going to be playoff teams. They're supposed to be 49ers-Rams. Uh, a game we've already seen once this year. It was ugly as hell. And uh, I kind of sort of think this one's going to be ugly as hell. The Rams, yes, they're off the bye week, but they have got some things to figure out offensively. Hopefully the offensive line has gotten healthy for them, and that can make a bit of a difference because the 49ers pass rush was just 
uh, all up in Matt Stafford's grill the last time these two teams played. I think it's going to be another difficult one, though. And the 49ers offense has got to get going eventually. I know Debo Samuel not active for this game. It's going to hurt him a little bit, but you still have Brandon Ayuk. You do have Christian McCaffrey. should be fully integrated in, into the offense at this point. I keep, I'm just going to keep shooting myself in the foot because I keep saying, yeah, right with Jimmy Garoppolo, and he keeps not doing anything. I mean, they got clocked by the Chiefs last week. I should have seen that one coming. But the 49ers are only minus one. There is no such thing as a home field advantage for the Rams anyway. So I over under 42, I'm going under. Give me 49ers 23, Rams 15. There will be like a weird have to go for two sort of thing in this game. Uh, the Rams, I just don't know if they're going to be able to to do the the scoring necessary. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's like a game that clears 50 and it's an exciting offensive game because both teams have good offensive pieces. But I still feel like when it's these two coaches, McVay and Shanahan, sometimes you just see those defensive gridlock games and maybe this ends up being another one of those. But I feel like the 49ers can win it rather handily. So that's the side I'm on for this one. And uh, the total at 42, yeah, I'm, I'm taking the under. I, I With 23-15, I'm looking at 38 total points. Uh, that's... Yeah, I just don't think it's one where the, the offenses, especially in the Rams case, are able to get going. Hopefully, Cooper Cup gets his, though, because he is my guy. All right, here's this next one. You guys ready for me to shock the world on this prediction? The Colts and the Commanders is a game that will be happening on Sunday. And I believe it's a 325 game. The quarterback matchup, Taylor Heineke and Sam Ellinger. No wonder the total is 39.5 points. But what's going to shock you is I actually think Sam Ellinger could be pretty good. And if he's not good in the NFL for his entire career, I think he can at least be good this week because the Commanders have a bad defense. Colts get this game at home. They're minus three. I like the Colts in this game. Jonathan Taylor should have a very good game. Hopefully Michael Pittman able to get a connection going with Ellinger. Like, they've obviously seen enough from this guy in practice that they're, they're playing him over Matt Ryan, who's got the injury, but they were going to bench him anyway, evidently. Playing him over Nick Foles as well. Like, they want to get a look at what they've got in this kid. 24 years old, hasn't taken an NFL snap in a real game, has looked good in preseason opportunities that he's had out of uh, University of Texas. I'm curious to see Ellinger, and I think he's got a little bit of wiggle too. He's going to be able to move around well in the pocket. I think he has a good game. I'm going to say a defensive touchdown as well for the Colts in this one against Heineke. Colts 30, Commanders 17. That's the same number of points I predicted for the Dolphins, and we're talking about a game over under 39.5. Obviously, I'm over with that kind of prediction. I don't know that the Commanders will score a ton. Um, the Colts can get into some shootouts, though, so maybe they invite them along for the ride. But I do think the Colts can win this by more than the prescribed field goal. Heading now to the Sunday night matchup between the Bills and the Packers. I know in the big show, if you're a listener to the radio show, I picked the Packers this week in our picks of the week for this game because I just I was tired of the fact that we all continued to pick the exact same direction. And I was like, all right, screw it. I'm going to go against it because... Even if the Bills do well, it's probably good for Josh Allen, which is good for me in fantasy. That's a little bit of an emotional hedge. But on this show, I really do want to tell you what I think is going to happen. And what I think is going to happen is the same thing that's been happening to the Packers for weeks. Offense sucks. They're playing a really good defense. I can't figure it out for the Packers. I guess it's just the fact they've got nobody to throw to. Yeah, that probably hurts Aaron Rodgers' ability to, to do well this season. Aaron Jones, still a good player. A.J. Dillon, they haven't really involved him. Jones has got to be basically the focal point of the offense, and that's going to be a big ask if the Bills are able to key on him with those uh, electric defensive players and linebackers, Von Miller involved. I just think it's going to be tough sledding for the Packers once again. I'll give them 16 points, but I'll give the Bills 29. Uh, that does keep it under the 47. 
29 is a weird number. It could also be 27-16. That would be more realistic. But I'm just going to say 29. Uh, it's just one of those games where some random points happen. You got to pick those every once in a while, right? Under 47, but the Bills do cover this. It's a minus 10.5 point spread at home on Sunday Night Football. I think Josh Allen has a game. Like, if I wasn't being morbid and concerned about my own fantasy prospects, why wouldn't Josh Allen be able to play really well in this matchup? He should. And so I'm taking the Bills minus a 10 and a half there. 29 to 16 over the Packers, which does leave it under the 47 total points. Monday Night Football, the final game that we will have to talk about here on this show. Browns and Bengals. No Jamar Chase. Oh, it hurts. It hurts to have Jamar Chase out potentially four to six weeks, but he's not going on IR. So hopefully it's uh, the shorter end of that timeline and maybe even a little bit less than that. We'll have to wait and see. But what it means in this game is that the Browns, don't have to worry about that extra dynamic receiver. They do still have T. Higgins. Tyler Boyd's been playing really well. He'll step into that role as the number two, which is really kind of what our, already he's been doing. But all that being said, I think the Browns can win this game. They're playing it at home. They're three and a half point underdogs. Total at 45. I'm thinking under on the total. I think it's a close game played in the low 20s. Uh, we've seen several games like this so far this season. And actually, 45 and a half. At FanDuel, I feel even better about that, getting the extra half a point going on the under. I'm looking at the Browns' running game to be able to get things done and established with Nick Chubb. He's been really one of the best running backs in the NFL so far this season. He can take a game over by himself. He's one of few guys who you say that about at the running back position. And uh, I think it's something that he's able to do maybe in this one. Joe Burrow going to struggle a little bit to go on the road against a Browns defense that's able to, I think, stand up, especially in this divisional matchup. Browns 23, Bengals 21. Browns, another underdog by three and a half points that I am picking to win this game outright. I've done that several times so far this week. Teams like the Giants, teams like the Browns. Uh, I didn't say the Panthers would win, but they, I did give them the cover. The Cardinals, I think, can win outright. Uh, just uh, and, and the Jets as well as as a plus three. And technically, the Titans are plus one with the, the line that I took. So a lot of underdogs that I think are able to, to win games this week. It should be an interesting week in the NFL. But that's where I'm at on that final Monday night football game. Browns 23, Bengals 21, under the 45.5 at FanDuel. Browns cover the 3.5 because they're getting those points, and I think they win it outright. So that's what I've got for you guys this week. Let me know what your picks are. At for 12 on Twitter, I always like talking picks. Shoot me a message. Shoot me a tweet. All that is welcome. Thank you guys so much for joining me, as always, on Shaped Daily, and we will talk to you next time on the podcast, which is called Shaped Daily. Peace!